Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of KPMG in West Africa's Doing the Deal podcast, where you get to hear practical insights from deal making from across West Africa about the experience and recommendations of the deal making process. I'm Ijoma Emeze Zibo, a partner, and I'll be your host today. With me in the recording studio is an esteemed guest, Mrs. Abiola Ojo Osage, a senior partner at African Invest Capital Partners and the managing director covering the West African English-speaking countries. Welcome, Abiola. Great to have you in the studio. Thanks, Ijoma. So I would appreciate if you can start with an introduction of yourself, your experience at African Invest, the structure of the African Invest Fund, and what you do generally with respect to sourcing deals and investing in the region. African Invest itself, it's a platform. It's an investment, a pan-African investment platform. This is how we like to describe ourselves, because uh, what we do essentially, and we were established in 1994, so almost 30 years, so we've kind of been around for a very long time. We provide capital to robust companies, okay, that have um, business models that actually extend beyond the shores of their immediate region, so beyond the national borders of the, of the you know, um, entities that we're looking at. Um, over the years, Africa Invest today, we have close to 2 billion funds under management. We've invested in over 200 companies in 35 African countries. So we pride ourselves as knowing Africa very well, essentially investing in, in the different cycles of, of, of business, you know, essentially from, you know, uh, small to mid cap and all of that. We have strategies for these different types of companies. Um, and I could just maybe say, just to summarize, because with 2 billion funds under management, we have different generations of funds. Now, when you think of Africa Invest, think of three things. Think of an active investor. We're very active on the continent. Think of us as being Pan-African. And think of us as being um, very involved in terms of trying to see how we can improve the lives of Africans through inclusive and sustainable development. That's very interesting. Thank you, Abiola, for that very detailed summary and quite interesting to learn of the things you are doing across the region. The objective for, for our conversation really is to make sure that we bring in practical insights, um, experience sharing to the table so that other investors who are considering investing in the region can learn from some of those experiences of yours from doing the deals. So I'll speak to the deal that we recently supported you on, the short, um, just right deal. Um, and I'll ask specific questions around that particular um, deal. Based on what you have said with respect to your strategy and what the funds are trying to achieve in Africa, what would you consider to be the key attractions to Just Right? To be honest with you, Just Right is for us a family name. <laughs> we have known the sponsors and this goes to the heart of what we do. Um, so, you know, I didn't quite finish with Africa Invest because I didn't want to take all the time. But the truth <laughs> is that we are located in over 10 offices in three continents and that is very strategic because for us where it's important that we're local in our markets and the reason for that is so that we can identify the likes of just right and even if they're not at the level that we think that we should be investing we stay with them and watch them grow and this is the story of just right and so we were with them on their journey and we were constantly checking in with them trying to understand their evolution at some point when we realized that they needed to, and we saw the vision they needed just to be able to have a flagship store in Ikorudu. And we supported them, not with the equity, on the equity side of things, we were able to find, as part of our diversified stack that I mentioned earlier, one of our strategies was able to support them by providing them with debt to grow that, and that pivoted them. That just changed 
the story for Just Right. Just to fast track, when it was time for Just Right to then grow and be able to bring in an external investor, having identified and understood the benefits of that, we were naturally one of the ones that, I mean, they looked at others and it's always nice to look at others and be able to say, I think I'm more comfortable with African guests. The fact that we could identify with sponsors that had a very robust um, business model, you know, and it was clear how they were going to execute. And so what they needed was a lot of support in doing that execution. We could identify with people that were ethical, strong management team, and experienced. You know, the story of Just Right is not for today, but it's the way they started just shows that they know exactly what they're doing. That, that's really interesting. I and mean, you've mentioned the ethics, the strong management team, yeah. the strong financial reporting process. So the last we had, we just released our dream deal in, in Sub-Saharan Africa uh, Thought Leadership, where we had a lot of- on that one. Yes, <laughs> Thank you that. very much. We've seen one of the reasons um, that investors gave or the participants gave with respect to um, challenges that they see during the investment process is really some sort of credibility around the information that they require for the due diligence. Uh, but we also see from the survey that I, I initially mentioned, um, the participants know that 40% of the deals that they have tried, attempted to do in the past four years in Africa didn't close. Um, so what would be the sum of the attributes beyond alignment that you see with the sellers that facilitated you getting to a, a successful close? There's what you call local content that comes into play when you're doing deals, the business of trust. It's such an essential component that you can't, you can't wade it away. And it's intangible, you understand? So I think that I told you about our long history with Just Right. Knowing that they could identi identify with a team that is before them and that understood the local nuances and is able to bring in um, international experience was important. They were very um, big on trying to understand what, what are other people doing in your other markets? What can we do better? You know, the process of making an investment can be long and tedious sometimes. Sure. Uh, there's a period of negotiation. How do you go about that? How do you manage that? How do you manage egos and, and, and all of that? And if you do not understand the, the sponsors before you, you can actually, it can come to an end at that point. So. Having to manage emotions, manage all of that, and knowing that Nigerians also have their peculiarities uh, was quite useful in, in finalizing this deal because we had our ups and downs, I must tell you. We had our ups and downs. We had times when we would just be silent for... <laughs> you know, we would just be silent and I'm saying, should I call him? Should I not? And you know, the, 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 the sponsors are very interesting people. Good personality, very amiable, but can be very difficult also. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that helped a lot. And the fact that they could trust you, they could lean on you, listen to you, and they think that you are, you are making sense. What would you consider the top two challenges that you had in the course of doing this particular deal? The top two? So they were organized, they wanted it, they kept telling us we're ready for you. We can, we can, we can finish DD in two weeks. You know, have you heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> we can finish DD in two weeks. Just tell us what you want. We'll be, we'll be there. And we're like, are you sure? <laughs> and obviously, you know, they've taken debt and equity deals are never the same. So, sure. but we also know that we've worked with them in the past and we could identify. But honestly, typically for you know small, not small, but. Family-owned businesses, and 
it was it was more of trying to get the information that we want not that it wasn't it didn't exist in the format that we wanted but i think that was a bit of a challenge initially we we we, we surmounted that um with a lot of meetings a lot of explanations and training of the team and by the way the team was they were very helpful they really wanted to to go all out to support but after we crossed that it was more negotiation I <laughs> negotiated the deal with this people and by the way there were not two people there were three of them you know and one was more quiet it was she was you know she would defer to to, to the couple so it's a couple and, and and their sister and um it was the chairman that was leading the chat she's not an easy guy so you know there were times when he would flip and you would think is it a, is it being real is it just acting you're not sure but I think negotiating the deal, the legal documents, beyond the valuation, obviously that was, and then it came into the legal docs, it was really difficult. But in all of this, I think being able to manage ourselves and to be able to communicate and, you know, um, not focus on the delays, but focus on the end game. We had a few days of delay, but ultimately we could. I would I would speak to uh, you know your investments in the region in general and how that ties also into just right. When you look at the macro environment in Nigeria, in Ghana, especially around the Anglo from West Africa, yeah. how would you assess the impact of these <laughs> macroeconomic headwinds on your investments and particularly on just right, even as you think in the long term about exiting? Yeah, you've touched on a very, very sore point and the truth is that um, Anglophone West Africa is my region as a senior partner and those two, the two big markets, Nigeria and Ghana, are going through their own issues. And you know, the truth is that in 35 African countries, we've seen it all, we've seen ups and downs in different markets. So having challenges is not the problem that we have. Because, okay, to first of all, put things in, in context, you're right. The macroeconomic headwinds, all the combination of issues that have occurred in these two markets in particular, have definitely reduced uh, external investments generally across board, whether it's for VC, for private equity, across board. You know, but I don't think it's more about the fact that economies have these challenges. I think it's the extent of the volatility and the uncertainty and the just the complexity of what's going on that is really amazing and it's causing us a bit of giving us a bit of concern for exits we obviously as equity that gives us a bit of time and we hope that the cycle would would um, would go and we will be able to obviously we had the covid cycle as well all our companies that had issues in covid have all recovered so there is always a recovery period so um but we just hope that the time will be shorter and that these companies can start to attain their potential because there's a lot that can be done. So, so I was going to come to that question. Based on your experience in other markets and also even the West African markets, what would you say is the average exit period or the average holding period for these portfolios for you across your markets? For me, I think the, the target is to be there for at least four to five years. That's it. Um, if it's early investments and like they're just right, maybe we can add another year. But on average, to answer your question, about four to five years. Is okay. what, expect. Well, what would be the key lessons or takeaway from your experience on this deal that you would like to share um, with both the investing com community and also the private companies that are seeking to attract capital? I think the first thing for me is never take it for granted that people understand what you're doing. Educate, let them understand it well, 
if you want to come into a market, you have to be able to identify with that market. When we were looking at Just Right, uh, when we did the commercial, the, the commercial digital expert, vast, some of the roles, you know, in terms of uh, qualification, they were like graduates and it's not normal. And we said, well, in Nigeria, you know, this rules, one, there's employment, but at the same time, they are not badly paid, and so they don't mind to. So there are some nuances that you need to understand, and being in um, the local market helps. I think that for me, because I'm Nigerian, and because I also understood uh, the markets and just right and all of that, and that speaks to the way that we are structured in Africa Invest. You know, we have offices in major hubs essentially to be able to address this. I would close with the last question. Um, how did you approach the selection of your team of transaction advisors and what, what value would you really say were critical that these advisors brought to the table across the different spheres of diligence or across the different spheres of transaction evaluation process? Mm. This is a good question. You know, hitherto we were doing DDs ourselves. Hitherto we were like, when we were smaller, you know, we started 30 years ago and we thought, it has advantages, and we never stopped, by the way, because even when we appoint transactional advisors, we're always there, because we think that DD also helps to, you to understand the business. But we've gone the advisory route, and we have seen a lot of benefit. Um, in, on this one, we did quite a few DDs, actually. It was beyond, of course, the financial and tax, which you helped us with. Thank you very much. Um, we also had the commercial. We had the, of course, you also helped us with the IT, remember? Yes. And then the legal. Legal, very important, just as important as our financial and tax and IT, because if you don't have a proper legal document, you can, I mean, for us, legal documents are not things that we look at, we hope that we never look at them, but we also want to make sure that they are, you know, what they are. Uh, but the basis of selection was first, knowledge of the market. We felt sure. like, you know, um, especially for the commercial and the financial, Having the right advisor, sorry, I needed to bring that back to the initial sure. question sure. Uh, on learning points. Very critical, absolutely critical. We never stopped. We were there, but the advisors helped us a lot. And I think that it's, it's an important point to put on the table. Thank you very much, Abiola. Do you have any final words to say? It's been very engaging speaking with you. Indeed. Just your final closing remarks. Well, I thank you again for this opportunity. I think it's um, wonderful and I hope that it would have the right um, audience and people would listen, um, essentially because um, I do not think that with the, with the state of, you know, uh, development in Africa, that government is the only source that businesses would have in terms of growing the economy. I think that there is a part to play. Uh, from the private investor, from the private side of things. And if people need to understand how these things are done, then you need to see the value that private equity brings into businesses. And thank you very much for having me. Thank you one more time for thank coming. You. Thank you very much, Joe.